You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Hi there, welcome back to Coaches Connection Podcast. This is episode 35. My name's Anne Marie Cross, small business marketing mindset coach. Do you ask yourself the question, how can I grow my coaching practice? What are the secrets that will help me fill my practice? And what marketing should I be doing to help my business become more profitable? Well, you're in the right place. Whether you're starting out your coaching practice or maybe you've been in business for a while, this podcast is devoted to helping you take your results to the next level. I'll teach you the right business and marketing strategies that you should have in place to communicate a powerful, meaningful message so you can stand out and finally grow a successful, profitable coaching practice. So let's get started. Welcome back. It's going to be another jam-packed show for you today. And as always, make sure you have a pen, lots of paper handy, because you're going to want to take everything down. And of course, this is a recording, so you can go back and listen to it over and over. And I certainly recommend that you do, because when you listen to it again, you're going to get even more ahas and insights. I know I always do when I go back and listen to different recordings and podcasts that I subscribe to. It's kind of like, Oh, I didn't hear that the last time. That's another golden nugget I can add to, to all the others that I'm learning. And of course, this is what it's all about, sharing valuable golden nuggets with you so that you can have your insights and ahas to take your coaching practice to the next level. So what's in store for today's show? Well, today's words of wisdom is all about uh, our profit building formula. And I want to talk about that and what each of the key steps in the formula is so that you can, once you start to roll it out, you can continue to really generate some awesome results in your coaching practice. Our totally socially savvy segment, uh, Keith is going to join us again today, but what he's doing is he's going to bring everything together that he's been talking about in the last eight episodes, and he's going to be sharing a very simple yet such an effective method in something that you can follow every single day so that you really do start to stand out on Twitter. And so I really look forward to, uh, for him sharing his wisdom with you a little bit later on in the show. And today's inspirational message is one which will again nourish your mind, body and spirit for the week ahead so that you can have another awesome, awesome week. Now, before I dive into to today's topic, I just want to remind you that if you have not listened yet to episode 34 about the influence and impact scale, go and do that now. In fact, I would recommend that you put this on pause, go back and listen to episode 34 because today's show builds on that. And I don't want you to listen to this show without having listened to episode 34 and you think, oh my goodness, I, I this doesn't really make sense. So if you are listening via iTunes, you can just go back. But if you're listening from the web, all you need to do is go to ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash CCP34. That will take you to the show and you can press play from there. And what I'm going to be talking about this week um, is going to allow you to take this to a whole new level of what I call amazingness. And I've just made that word up, by the way, amazingness. Uh, I love it. And that's what you're going to be able to do when you implement these steps alongside 
the influence and impact scale. So what I want to do in this week's episode is map out for you a very simple yet powerful formula that's going to take your influence and impact to a whole new level of amazingness. So for those of you who have listened to last week's episode, I'm just going to recap it briefly. And I spoke about five key elements in your influence and impact scale. The first element was subscribers. The second element was leads. The third element was customers. The fourth element was repeat customers. And the fifth element was profitability. Now, to generate influence and impact in each of those key elements, remember that each required a specific steps. To get more subscribers, you need to be more visible. To get more leads, you need to be more credible. To get more customers, you need to be irresistible. And to get more repeat customers, you need to be rehirable. And to increase profitability, well, of course, you need to be profitable and have your business model set up so that you can be. So let's move forward in today's topic where I'm taking what we talked about in last week's episode, the influence and impact scale, taking it to a whole level of new amazingness with what I call my profitability profitability building formula. I'm so excited to get this out to you that I'm stumbling over my words. Anyway, let's dive in. This is what the profitability building formula is. BB plus CC plus DD equals SS. Let me repeat that. BB plus CC plus DD equals SS. So you're probably thinking, what does BB, CC, DD and SS stand for? And I'm going to tell you, BB stands for Build Believability. CC stands for Create Credibility. DD stands for Deepen Desirability. And SS stands for Steady Sales. So another word, here's what the formula says, that when you continue to build believability and then you add on creating credibility and then you add on to that deepening desirability of your ideal client who's hanging around in your world, who's following you, who's reading your social media posts and your, your tweets on Twitter, all of that, when they're reading your articles, they're on your community as far as your newsletters concerned and, and you know as part of your keep in touch strategy then that is going to equal for you steady sales because it's going to be an easy yes for them to put their hand up and say I want to work with you so in today's words of wisdom I want to speak briefly about how you can build believability how you can create credibility and how you can deepen desirability because once you have everything in place those three key elements in place and it's integrated with your influence and impact scale wow then you can continue to have incredible steady sales in your coaching practice so let's get started and have a look at how to build believability and to do that I want to share a story with you A year or so ago, uh, one of my colleagues approached me and she mentioned that she'd been speaking to someone who was interested in having a podcast 
on my network. And she told me little that she knew about his business. And you know, with that information, I started to do my own research. Unfortunately, what I found did not give me any confidence at all. In fact, it didn't build believability on my part. It, what it did, it actually built suspicion and doubt that this person fit with the values of honesty, with integrity and excellence that the Ambitious Entrepreneur Network stands for. That's really important to us. So when I did um, research on this person who was you know, interested in partnering with us, I found that he had had several businesses. However, the information that I read led me to suspect that these were very much get in, get out quickly. Rather than build any quality relationships with quality products and services, he pretty much was getting get out, customer service, all that kind of thing was not important to him. And there really wasn't much at all that gave me confidence. And I didn't get a sense that he had any real credibility in his industry either. As I could hardly find anything as I searched for him online. There were no articles, there were no social media profiles, no videos, no podcasts, no content, no information whatsoever that would lead me to think that he was credible and someone who was knowledgeable and experienced in his field. Now, had this person said, you know, I'm starting up in my business and it's only been around for a little while, and, you know, here's a bit of my background and what I did previously, that would have been fine if he, you know, had have disclosed that he was a startup. Now, why would someone come out and say that? I mean, that does not align with integrity. It's kind of like, if you want a partner, let's just lay it out on, on the table. Be honest, be truthful. I'm not going to hold that against him whatsoever. So there was nothing really uh, there that would deepen my desirability to want to contact him and find out. And so, as you can suspect, we decided as a network not to co you know collaborate with him and have his podcast be hosted on on our network. And I'm sure if I asked you, were you thinking about the possibility of hiring someone or partnering someone, whether um, it would have been a coach or a service provider? What are the steps that you take to fulfill your curiosity or your kind of ticking all of the boxes to say, yes, I feel comfortable, there's integrity here, and it feels like it could be a really easy yes? Well, I'm sure that you find out as much information as you can in order to make an informed decision. And for some of you, you also use your instincts or intuition as part of your decision-making process. However, after all of these things, they can be impacted and impacted significantly when it comes to believability and whether you believe this person knows what they're talking about, whether they've tried to hide something from you or whether they really are credible and someone who knows their stuff and someone who can deliver what they say they can deliver, you know, all of that desirability. How much do you really want to work with them? This is exactly what happens when one of your potential clients is deciding whether or not to work with you. They may research online and whatever they find is going to seriously impact what they think of you. And I know myself that if I'm considering a joint venture partner, whether someone has requested that they be a guest on my podcast, I'll often do some search online to see if people are believable in what they say, whether they're credible in the field of you know their expertise. And if that information that shows up, if I find that it doesn't give me confidence, I then determine whether or not that I go ahead with that person. 
And that's happened a couple of times. I you know, was a joint venture um, online radio show several years ago and one of the people wanted to approach us to be a guest on, on the show. And we did a bit of a search for him, up came posts from angry consumers who were using the word fraudulent and crook and we kind of thought wow we don't really want to be seen to be uh, in cahoots with this person and be representing because everybody that you align yourself with even if it's just a you know passing by association that could come back to impact negatively on your reputation on your brand so be very mindful that you know this is kind of a little bit talking about the branding and reputation, be mindful what you post online because it could be impacting your believability levels. So what are some of the things that you can do to build believability? Well, that was number one. Be careful what you post online. Be careful what you are sharing, the photos that you are sharing. Perhaps if you would not want your mother or you know your grandmother to, to see that photo or that comment, then I would say do not post it because that is probably not going to be something that you would want a potential client to read. And I have had colleagues who have told me I am not going with that service provider because some of the things that he or she is sharing is not the type of person or the sort of person I want to work with. So a huge, huge lesson. So some other areas that you can build believability. If I were to visit your website, what would I find? Remember in this day and age, your website is your shop front. Many of you do not have physical locations where clients meet. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong. That's just the way that coaches have. Many of us are home-based and therefore we work virtually with clients. Fantastic. That's excellent. Your website then is your shop front. And if this is the very first impression that I have of you when I visit your website, what message is it speaking to me? What if I were then to search for you on Facebook, on Twitter, on LinkedIn and other social media platforms? Are you showing up? Do you have a consistent look, feel and even message in all of those areas where you show up? Can I see consistency across all your platforms? Now, what about if I was to do a Google search on your name or on your business name? What would I find? A consistent, strong message and brand leads me to believe that what you are saying about who you are, what you stand for, can be trusted and believed. Or if there are missing gaps, if there's inconsistent information in terms of your message, in terms of your look and feel of your brand, this is really going to impact that believability and also the credibility too. This is so important and I encourage you to put yourself in the shoes of your ideal client. Do an online search for yourself and ask yourself honestly and critically, what do you think? Now, I'd also encourage you to get some of your colleagues to do the same. Now, don't ask those close friends and family who we love as they love us and they'll often tell us what we want to hear. And that's not doing us a favor, is it? We want to ask people who are going to support you by answering you honestly and giving their feedback so that if something can be improved and should be improved, that you can make that change. Because when you don't, that means when your ideal client, that person who you have got the gifts to be able to support and overcoming their struggles, when your message is not there consistently and in a way that they can connect with, you've just lost that opportunity to make a significant difference and impact in that person's life. So, 
for those of us who kind of shudder away from feedback because we take it personally, don't. Take a step back. Let this be an opportunity for you to get everything right, to build that level of believability so that when a prospective subscriber or a lead or a potential client stumbles across that information, you put your best foot forward and it's an easy yes for them to say, yes, this is the coach that I want to invest in because she is going or he is going to help me take whatever it is that you know this person is, is is working on to the next level so let's have a look more closely at create credibility again if i was to look at the contact uh, content that you're sharing what would i find are you creating content such as articles blog posts podcast videos you know all that good stuff that speak about your topic or area of expertise are you doing that are you creating a level of credibility in your area of expertise because you're creating and continuing to share information that really showcases you know your stuff about a particular topic or are you creating and sharing information that's about all sorts of topic? So rather than really creating a level of credibility in your field, what you're doing is you're really watering down and confusing your audience. And therefore, you're not really being seen as an authority in your field. That's really important. Just be mindful that you're not watering down your level of credibility because you're sharing so many different, you know, kind of areas of, of, of topic that is quite you know, quite different from each other. And it's not building your reputation, your credibility in the area of expertise that you want to be known. Another way of creating credibility inc includes things like uh, professional development, certifications. So you're really seen as the go-to person because you're keeping up to date with your area of expertise. Awards and recognition from external organizations being published or written about on high profile sites and the news media, even writing your own articles and sharing them on other websites where you know your ideal client regularly hangs out. Um, and that, that's such a great way to, to create credibility. After all, you know, these other websites and the media, they would not write about you or let you share your articles on their sites if you were not a credible resource, would they? So that's such a great way to continue to build uh, believability and create credibility. So being consistent in your topic of expertise with what you are creating and sharing online and speaking about it uh, if you use speaking to grow your business. It's so, so very important, which then leads me to the next phase, deepening desirability. How do you do that? Well, are you regularly sharing case studies and testimonials, success stories about how other clients are transforming their lives and getting the results that they're getting because they're working with you? And be aware that there is a right way and a wrong way to showcase your success stories if you want to deepen desirability, especially if you're using um, it in the context of, say, speaking, because you don't want to put your ideal client off because they sense that you're trying to sell them in a very tacky and unprofessional way. Now, in my Signature Talk Profits Secrets program, where I show coaches how to create a signature talk that generates subscribers, leads and clients and a five figure or more payday from one free talk. What I do is I speak about the importance of showcasing case studies. However, in a very careful format 
so people can learn and appreciate the case study and have it be inspiring for them rather than feeling like you're big noting yourself. Like There's a fine line between arrogance and confidence when you share your success stories and case studies. Now, I remember being at an event where every so often the speaker would showcase a testimonial with the result of what the client achieved. Now, he put the entire testimonial on the PowerPoint slide and after the third or the fourth uh, testimonial that he shared, it was so awkward and it really did end up putting the audience off. So rather than deepening the desire to work with him, I think it really did offend and annoy people because the whole, pro, you know, the whole premise of the day was that they, they would learn and they would develop um, their skills, but it turned into a big promotion fest kind of a thing. And I, I do recall some people getting up and leaving the room, which was just so embarrassing. I felt so hor- horrified for this uh, presenter, but I thought, wow, mate, the way you're presenting your slides, it's not in, a, in an educational way. It really isn't a self-promoting way. So one of the things that I share in my Signature Talk Profit Secrets program, and I want to share it with you today, is that rather than including the entire testimonial on a PowerPoint slide, present it as a case study. It's got to tie in and be relevant to the point that you've been sharing. And if you speak about it in a way that's that you say, you know, I want to help you overcome an objection because I know many of you will be thinking, I can't do this. I've been struggling for years. Well, I want to share with you a story that is going to give you hope because this is exactly where my client Stephanie was at in her business. She thought she couldn't do it either. And let's have a look at what she's now achieving. And guess what? Just like Stephanie, you can achieve this too. Now, can you see the difference? Then if I was to say, wow, look at Stephanie, she bought my program or she coached with me and now look at where she's at. And then there's this big old long testimonial on this slide show. Is that going to deepen desirability? Absolutely not. But if you turn this into a learning experience, but an empowering experience, an inspired experience where that person who's sitting in in your audience thinking, There's no way I can achieve those kind of results. If you turn that into hope and possibility and helping them overcome their objection, my goodness, that is going to deepen desirability because they're going to be thinking, maybe it is possible for me. Wow, that lady, Stephanie, she was experiencing the exact same thing as I am right now that I've been struggling with for years. She can do it. Maybe I can do it too. You've planted that seed. That's how you deepen desirability. Now, for instance, one objection that people may also have is that it's okay for other people to achieve this, but there's no way I can because I've only just started my business. So then what you would do is present your case study and stress that this client of yours was exactly in that position, having only just started her business, and she thought it was going to be impossible for her. However, after just two months, she was able to turn her situation around and And then you speak about the successful outcome. So again, that's just another example of how you can turn a testimonial uh, into an incredible case study that's going to empower people and deepen the desirability for them to work with you and say yes to themselves. Then, of course, you'd emphasize the learning to your audience and stress again that so many people take themselves out of being able to achieve this level of success because of doubt that they can do that. 
However, that you're taking a stand for them and letting them know that if Susie or whoever your client was can do it um, and it only just started her business, that so can you. So how you present the success story and the testimonial or any other information that you share is vital. How you share it when it comes to deepening the desire of your audience. Now, once you get this formula right of building believability, creating credibility, and deepening desirability along with your influence and impact strategies, guess what? You are going to continue to achieve steady sales. Now, it can sometimes take a little while to find the right formula. However, don't give up if your results aren't instant. I'm constantly reminded and reminding my clients that if you give up, you may have just been walking to the top of that mountain where all of a sudden you were going to hit all of the right buttons, everything was about to align and whoosh, you were going to start to see steady sales. But guess what? That frustration has, you know, that fear of failing again has stopped you from continuing to take action just about the point where everything was just going to fall into place for you. So I really encourage you, continue to move forward. Take the time to build all of the right foundations that I've been covering in the last number of shows. However, it's also worthwhile dedicating the time to get them into into place. It really, really is. Go back and listen to the shows. Make sure that all of the things that I've spoken about, you've got in place. Because once you do, they will continue to work over for you over and over again. Remember that I do have my business breakthrough strategy sessions as well, where we can both have a look at the gaps in your business and determine the best way forward for you. Now, building a successful coaching business can be really hard on your own, especially if you're not sure about, um, you know, your key foundations, whether you've really got all the right elements in place, um, what you should be doing to consistently market yourself. And you can be doing something that you think, yeah, well, I've I've done everything that they've just you know, talked about on the show, it could be just one little thing that needs to be changed that can make an incredibly um, powerful difference. So, you know, having a coach, a mentor and an accountability partner to support you can certainly be the difference in you taking your business and your coaching practice to the next level or not if you continue to do that on your own. So, look, I encourage you to connect with me. If you're at a stage where you go, you know what? I'm tired of doing this on my own. I need and want to take the business to the next level and I need some support to that to do that. So go to www.annemariecross.com forward slash breakthrough session and you can find out more on how you can request a meeting with me. That's www.annemariecross.com forward slash breakthrough session and we can determine the the gaps in your business and do a bit of a needs analysis and see where you're at and uh, the best way forward for you. Wow, wow, wow. Another jam-packed words of wisdom segment. Let's dive into the socially savvy segment with Keith and listen to what he has to say this week about Twitter. Now we're diving straight back into our very special series for coaches and consultants. 
focusing on how to promote yourself so you can grow your coaching practice using Twitter. And uh, we have been blessed to have had Keith Keller. He's here again on this show as well as all of the other shows that he's been part of. And he's one of our very special global business partners. Now, Keith is a very well-known internationally um, expert in Twitter and he's been coined to be the global Twitter marketing specialist. And he's appeared on numerous radio shows, tally seminars, webinars, Google Hangouts across the US and Canada, the UK and Europe, as well as Australasia. And Keith also offers one-on-one coaching about Twitter marketing to clients around the world via Skype and now has an ever-growing list of social media training products available. Welcome to the show, Keith. Hey, we're on part nine. We're going to bring it all together. Everything we've chatted about so far, we're going to put together in this one condensed little section. I'm so excited. And this is really good because I think what we're doing is as we're, you're now wrapping this up, it's putting some context into, all right, I've, you know, you've shown me, Keith, over the last number of weeks, the different tools and the different um, resources and things that I can use. How can I start to implement these in mm. my coaching practice so that I can really stand out and uh, build a, a profitable coaching practice? So take it away. Okay. So I'm going to wrap it around the idea that there's three 20-minute chunks. Mm-hmm. I personally do all of them together, but if you can't manage an hour in a block of time, you can manage 20-minute chunks throughout the day or even if this is a, all you've got, maybe 20 minutes on Monday, 20 minutes on Tuesday, 20 minutes on Wednesday, that's a block, mm-hmm. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, have Sunday off and then start again. But I would prefer if you've got time, there's massive leverage in doing an hour as a block. But yeah. I wanted to break it up just so that everyone can get some benefit. Yes. So I've, there's three ideas. One is check who has followed you and or retweeted you, thank them and follow them back. Mm-hmm. So every morning uh, I check my new followers and this takes about 20 minutes. And I cherry pick the ones that are related to my brand because some people follow you and they're not related. I don't follow everyone back. I do try to, but I I don't have time to follow everyone back and engage with them. So I might pick the ones that are related to my brand, which is why it's so important to know what it is. And you thank them and you engage with them. You might follow them back. You might send them a message. You might go to their website and Uh, do something for them because Twitter is about engagement. It's not just about having lots and lots of followers and never chatting to them. That's the worst thing you can do. It's just a complete waste of time. So that takes about 20 minutes. You can take longer if you like, but that's one thing you can do every day or every few days to build your following, to build your engagement what are your thoughts on that, Anne-Marie? Does that, is that something you do as well? I have. I certainly have. I, I must say, though, it's probably not something that I do schedule in my diary, but I can absolutely see the, the benefit of that. It's because, you know, if you're thinking, oh, goodness, how, how do I schedule time for that? It really is. Imagine that you are networking face-to-face. It's exactly yeah. the same, only in this instance, of course, you're connecting with people from all over the world. And I think what you've just said is checking. And by the time, when you, when you get... When you get used to this and it becomes part of the natural you know, thing that you do in your business, Keith, I'd imagine that it's almost instant. You go, Who, let's check. Are they relevant? Yeah. Let's follow. Thank them. It, it's very quick. Yes, you, you find it's very it quick. I, I think you'd easily do it in 20 minutes 
once a week at a minimum, but you could easily do it in 20 minutes a day. You could do it at the bus stop. You could mm. do it while your latte's in queue at Starbucks. I mean, mm. you can do it on the bus. Yeah, for sure. So the reason why it's so important is that this person has gone to the trouble of consciously following you. It's like the phone ringing. You know, they've made a step. They've taken the initiative. You know, if the phone rings, you wouldn't not answer it. Oh, I'm too busy. I'm, I'm writing at the moment. Sometimes you might. It might go to message bank. But you'd have a facility to capture that. You'd have a facility to capture that phone message and ring that person back because they've they've gone to the trouble of knocking on your door saying, hey, I dig your stuff. Hello. That's a lead. That's a client. It's a possible JV. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you engage with them? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you exactly. You might have had someone follow you who might be part of the media. Maybe they are part of a podcast who might be interested in just monitoring and and seeing what you're doing. So if you check, see, hey, they are, you know, they are someone who has followed me and interested and part of my community, a like-minded person. For sure, follow them back because then you can start engaging. Yeah. It's almost, as you said, for, for some people that have gone to a networking group, extending their hand and saying, hey, um, what would they think about you if you didn't respond, you know? Well, I'll give you an example in the networking world. There's two ways to network. We, and we've all experienced both. And we've probably all done both. I mean, embarrassingly, I've probably done this myself. You buy a whole, whole heap of business cards, you get these really amazing business cards done and you print, get a 1,000 printed for 100 bucks. And you go to an event and we've all seen people running around going, hey, here's my new card, call me. Hey, here's my new card. Can't talk now, talk later. Here's my card, call me later. And you think, mm-hmm. hang on, mate, hang on, I'm interested in what, no, can't talk now, I've got to get round to the crowd. Now, that's a very, very inefficient way to network. I would prefer to say, how are you doing? My name's Keith. What's your thing? Spend 10 minutes with the person, 20 minutes if you like. And if you get an engagement, share our business cards, make a connection. And that that's one person you've made a human connection with, not a thousand people that have your business card that will never ring you back. You've just wasted a hundred bucks and a night of your time because networking events are often at night and networking in real time. We've seen this. I've seen it myself. It makes me sick just watching it. You know, and if you can, if you, if you've ever been at a networking event, you can see these people running around like predators and you sort of, you avoid them, don't you? We certainly. Well, you and I have been at networking events and commented on that, haven't we? We have. So that's 20 minutes and a a well spent 20 minutes to, to thank people, follow them back if they're relevant to your industry and someone you want to mm, follow back. Mm. So what's the second 20 minutes we should be doing? The second one is to flip it. Actually go out of your way to follow cool people. This is actually a really a, a paradigm shift. Some people have said to me, mate, mate, I'm the star. I'm the one that people follow. I'm not following anyone else. Mm. And I go, that's lovely. That's lovely. What a good idea. But what happens if no one knows who you are yet? Yeah. How, what if no one knows you're on Twitter? If no one knows who you are, let's be a little bit humble. So we follow unbelievable site. Wefollow.com is a site that allows you to follow people a little bit like what we said last in the last episode about lists. You can follow people based on keywords, towns, countries, cohorts, areas of interest. You just type in one word, Melbourne, Australia, Photography, Houston, Texas, 
surfing, whatever is of interest to you. Mm-hmm. And the, the we follow, it's an amazing site, completely free, will tell you everyone on Twitter that matches that keyword. There'd be hundreds, there'd be thousands. I mean, that in itself is just absolute gold because how often I I know when I'm speaking to coaches and it's kind of like go out and search out where your ideal client is, where your community yeah. is. Well, how do I start? Well, this is absolute gold. So if you know that someone is, say you're a, a health coach and say you want to help people who are in a certain area that like, you know, like exercising, but they need to be mindful of their nutrition too. You can start following people who have followed a particular hashtag or have yeah. something in their bio that is a keyword. Fantastic. It's it's actively managing your Twitter account. Mm. I, as I said, I do this 20, uh, 20 minutes a day. Now, I recommend 20 people a day is about right. Okay. Anything more than 50 and you could be considered a bit of a spammer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so don't absolutely know more than 50. But 20, following 20 people using um, we follow. I tried this as an experiment. It takes you less than the time it takes to boil the kettle. Mm-hmm. You know, you put the kettle on because you're going to make a cup of tea. The time that it takes that kettle to boil, you followed 50, 20 people. Yeah. Now, the great thing about that is you've identified them as being of interest to you. So when they follow you back, you've already got something in common straight away. Mm -hmm. Because that's the reason why you're doing it. You're following them in the hope that they will follow you back. Now, my the ratio for success is about 20 to 30%. So if you follow 100 people, you will get about 20 to 30 people following you back. So for every 1000 people that you follow, using this method, you'll get about two to 300, maybe 400 people following you back. They are people that have, have said to themselves, this person looks interesting. I'll follow them back and maybe we can have a chat. Again, a person that's made a decision to follow you, therefore they're reaching out. It's like you've left a message on their answering machine and they've rung you back. Yeah. 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 Just a question, Keith. You mentioned uh, if you're following people, maybe around the 20 anything more may may seem a little bit too too many what about if you've had more than 20 people following you and you're doing the following back is it all right to follow ah, more uh, yes yes back? So that's that's actually a very good question i've never been asked that question before that's magnificent you can certainly follow anyone back that follows you mm-hmm. that's not spamming because they are actually consciously following you i'm talking about following a group of people and the reason why this is very important and I want you to start noticing this number I follow consciously follow people who haven't yet followed me back so the number of people that are following me is less than the number of people that I follow I personally don't mind that some people can't stand that idea they have to have the number of people following them more than the number of people they follow. That's completely fine. That's personal choice. So if you don't want to be considered a spammer, it would look terrible, terrible on your Twitter account if you were following a thousand people and only 50 people followed you. That would just look silly, wouldn't it? Yeah. 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 But if people have followed you already, go for it. Follow as many people as you can. And let's hope that everyone listening to this podcast gets 50 new followers a day because that's 50 new potential clients. It's so exciting, isn't it? Yeah. 
So, you know, of course, 50 times. just uh, let me remind you that uh, Keith's Twitter handle is at Keith Keller. We will also put that on the show notes. So if you want to go to the show notes, you'll find them at ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash CCP35. So uh, all of the, the resources that Keith has mentioned in today's um, segment will be listed there. But uh, Keith's handle is at Keith Keller and mine is at Anne Marie Coach. So, uh, yeah, follow us and um, let's see who follows you back first. I'm sure it will be Keith <laughs> because he's such an expert in, in that. And, and, of course, from last week's show, when you do follow us and we follow you back, we'll use the hashtag socially savvy. 2014 because you can yeah. uh, follow along on, on the TWUBS account as well. So that's another 20 minutes well spent is following some really cool people. And uh, what about the last 20 yeah. minutes? This one I, I'd love you to do every day, but I realise that most people don't have the time. I believe you should start tweeting regularly, uh, consciously, deliberately every day. Mm -hmm. So there's a couple of ways to do that. Spend about 20 minutes whenever you can, finding great tweets to share. Some of your great articles are fine if you're a prolific blogger or a prolific podcaster or you've got lots of videos, but share information consciously because this is another strategy that absolutely builds your followers. There's a lot of stats around two a day, maybe 8 a.m., 8 p.m., covering all bases. There's a lot of stats around that if you tweet regularly at least twice a day, you will build a solid following and they'll stay with you. So, of course, these tweets don't come from nowhere. You've got to spend some time on that. So I spend about 20 minutes every day, every single day, finding cool stuff. Some of it's my stuff. Some of my stuff's pretty cool. But others, I mean, I, I'm not as prolific as Anne-Marie or some of my other friends. So I consciously search out other material. You know, a, a kooky video on YouTube, a great podcast from a mate of mine, a, an information uh, blog about a book that's come out. And then once a day, I might tweet something about myself. So spend another 20 minutes sharing information so that you're building this community that if people are following you, they know that they can go in every day and get new stuff, yeah? Yeah, for sure. So you said a couple of times then uh, as suggested times through the day. Can you just repeat those again for people who might Yeah, well, there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of stats around 8 a.m., 1 p.m., 4 p.m. and 8 p.m. And we've chatted about this actually in a previous show. But there's, I've just recently read a report that says that companies that tweet twice a day, informational stuff, no selling, mm -hmm. that's of use to the tribe, get massive traction. That seems to be the sweet spot twice a day which twice. is really comforting to know because most of us are so busy mm -hmm. so i'm probably in so I'm just in no sorry i was just going to say so any of those two times maybe eight and one or or eight and four or one well or four? I'll, I'll, let me reiterate there's another great side I, I have put this in one of the previous episodes but this is this is one of my very recent finds there's a site called twiriod t-w-e-r-i-o-d and what it does is it actually tells you your best time, yeah, yeah. not the generic best time of for New Yorkers or people who live in LA or Aussies. It's actually yours. So it actually analyzes your tweet stream, given that you've been on it a while, and it says, okay, well, based on this particular cohort, your best time is 7.18 a.m. on weekdays and 8.58 
p.m. on Saturday night. Mm -hmm. So you can go, wow, I now have information. And this is why I put together this 10-part series, that, mm -hmm. that you can tweet all day, every day, and make it up as you go. Mm -hmm. But likely as not, nothing will happen because you're not tracking it. Yes. Whereas the, these sites that I'm recommending are deliberately designed to help you manage your time and get maximum results. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. are generic times. 1 p.m. and 4 p.m. have been said to be quite positive. But tweeriad.com is a free site that allows you to check. I think it's free for a certain amount of tweets and then maybe it's 10 bucks a month if you want to do it all the time. I don't know how it works exactly, but there's always a, an upscaled model to, to get the juicy the juicy version. Yeah. But uh, there's three versions of the 20-minute chunks. You can do it all in one go or you can spread it out over three days and do that idea twice a week. So you're, you're really going to get thumping in the Twitterverse doing this, I reckon. You are. Yeah? Absolutely. So there you go, three 20-minute chunks. Either do them back-to-back -back or strategically, you know, on a Monday and then Tuesday and Wednesday and so forth. And I like the fact that, uh, you know, whether you're sending out tweets, whether you're scared, you know, doing them live twice a day, informational um, details and, and content that, you know, your ideal tribe will love. And that certainly has built leverage for other people too. So great model to follow. Keith, what do we do? What do we have in store for next time? So next week is the 10th episode. We're going to wrap it all up in terms of where, where is this going? And I want to give you this really cool model that I've been exploring called Entree Main Course Dessert. I love food mm. as, as much as I love Twitter. And uh, I want you to think about Entree is something free. Uh, the main course is something small. And the dessert is something fancy. Mm -hmm. I'm going to talk about how that would relate to you as a coach and how you could offer something similar. We'll, we'll start with a few examples that we've seen work for others. Amory is also going to explore what she's been doing and we're going to pull apart what's happening in the world at large about this because this is a model that we've seen work many, many, many times for lots of our mates, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. Cannot wait. Thank you once again. Lots of uh, golden nuggets in this show once again, Keith. Thank you so much. Oh, no worries. We'll see you next week. Well, some more great tips and strategies on how we can use Twitter to really stand out and attract the attention of our ideal client and of course build a fantastic community of like-minded business people and people who we want to hang out with. So um, take action this week and do what Keith has suggested and you'll start to notice a significant difference in your business, I'm sure. So today's inspirational message. I love this one. Forget the reasons why it won't work and believe the one reason why it will. And I'm not sure who wrote that, so I'll just credit that to Anonymous. Forget the reasons why it won't work and believe the one reason why it will. Today I was talking to a couple of fantastic clients and it was really incredible to hear the 
ahas and insights that they were having, yet when we kind of rubbed up against their challenges and against the barriers that they now need to break through, it was so interesting that even with, um, and these women have got incredible coaching practice, that, that even with the leaps and bounds and successes that they're having in their own businesses and of course in the lives of their clients, there was still this inner doubt, still this inner critic. and yeah it was really showing up and so that's why I wanted to share this particular quote because today's session or today's show has been about the strategies that you can put in place things that you can do to start really turning transforming your coaching practice so it really stands out you try um, to really capture the attention of your ideal client but as we're talking about them whether you're listening to Keith's segment my segment, you may be thinking to yourself, well, that might work for other people, but not me. And here's why. And all of a sudden you start rattling off this huge list, like a shopping list of the reasons why. Tried so many different things before. Oh, you know, I've seen colleagues try things before and it hasn't worked for them. Why is it going to work differently for me? You know, yada, yada, yada. You know what? It is only yada, yada, yada. I don't want to trivialize it, but it really is important not to allow ourselves to fuel the fire of our inner critic. And I listened to this incredible uh, uh, pastor who was speaking the other day, and I wanted to share something that he also said too. So it's a, today is a double inspirational message, and he said, linger on the lessons. Don't fixate on the failure. And that was from Pastor Clayton. I love that. Linger on the lessons. Don't fixate on the failure. So even if you have tried to do something before, this is going to be doing something differently with a whole different mindset and approach, isn't it? You need to continue to keep actions. Don't fixate on the fails. Don't fixate on what might happen or what might not happen. I mean, the fear of failure is far worse than taking action and not getting the same result. At least you've taken action and you go, you know what? Well, I know that now that doesn't have the outcome that I want. Guess what? Keep going. So please believe in that one reason why it will work. And I'm telling you, it will work. I believe in you. Isn't it time you believe in yourself? Yes, it does. Absolutely. Um, If this is the first time that you've listened to the show, maybe you've been listening for a while, but you haven't yet subscribed to our iTunes channel, please go ahead and do that. There's a link on the show notes, which you'll find at Ambitious Entrepreneur Network dot com forward slash ccp35 while you're over there on itunes can you do me a favor love for you to leave a comment rate the show tell your colleagues about the show so we can get and out into the ears uh, of many many people and touch their lives and make a huge impact that is my mission and of course if you've got a comment you've got a question you want to leave some feedback so we can do a shout out you can do that at www ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash ccp connect hey i think you're wonderful thank you this has been another fantastic show i look forward to connecting with you again next week and i hear that the outgoing music is uh finished so i guess that brings us to the end of another show bye for now blessings to you